This week on the Podland Trailcasters. Mic test. Test, 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 test. All right, there we go. Now we've got audio. How you doing? Good, how are you? Good, other than a very hoarse uh, throat. <laughs> Start calling you Travis. And now I can see everything except your face. There we go. She got rainbow candy canes? Oh, rainbow I'll be candy back. canes. I got to see up on the shelf. I'll be better. Right grab me a rainbow candy cane. Okay, let's see. Where is she? Where is she? You said loves. Are you doing more love or are you doing hugs? Okay, let me start this. Sorry. Here, just want to know. Yeah, just clap in. He yeah, wasn't exactly. perfect, exactly. but he wasn't pure evil. That's for sure. Right. It's, like, it's, okay, we're gonna dive into this. <laughs> well, yeah, we this are. We definitely the, are. We definitely are. This is just the stu- This is okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear your argument because there is no <laughs> argument. They are the exact same thing. I'm not going to toot my horn because I just don't want to be rude. All right. Chad doing also thinks you're an idiot for that. I believe I believe Chad would. I got to do a pod, so we close that door, please? I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> okay. Thank you. These children don't understand what a closed door and an on-air sign mean. My goodness. You're welcome. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right. And let's do a quick three, two, one. Hello, Rip City, to all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in here with a very hoarse throat from Hood River from Scream My Lungs Out of the Last Few Blazers Games. My name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional, getting all his schoolwork done early this morning, Christopher Joseph Burkhart. What's up, buddy? I was wondering why that Hello Rip City wasn't as boisterous as usual. <laughs> I mean, I still got some boister. I'm just a little bit more of a, a Barry White, a little bit more of a baritone this morning. <laughs> trying to rest the vocal cords. I barely recovered from Saturday's game, so then I could yell again at last night's game, which I didn't expect to go to but shout out to Rachel uh, remote in our discord for uh, giving me her extra ticket last night was happy to go join for Star Wars night we'll get into all more uh, all that more later Chewbacca what a wookie had some great pictures man got, I got a, a stormtrooper I got one of the uh, Imperial Death Star gunners got a couple Jedi got Chewbacca riding along with Blaze in a stormtrooper outfit last night so I found a poster of Yoda in the upstairs in the 300 level of the Rose Garden which I didn't even know existed till last night but it had definitely been there before it was not like a new thing so some Star Wars like legacy the, going on. Yeah, I did like uh, listening to it on the radio because you could hear the uh, the the gunshot every time the choo choo the laser. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Yeah. First things first, we'll get into our world-renowned, internationally famous segment: love, hugs, and hate mail. But listeners, if you would like to get involved with the podcast, if you want to send in some uh, questions to us in the future live episode recordings here other podcasts as well content creators local artists game access with our third bench ticket group friends all of that is available for you on the trailcast's discord the link is in the episode description all of that coming to you from fans of the blazers for more fans like yourself like us please come and join the party we have had a real nice rush the last little uh, uh 24 hours or so we had a whole bunch of people joining in last night before the game including our old school og original trailcast's co-host brandon goldner shout out to him what's hey. up buddy uh, yeah, so everyone come and join the Discord. Growing merrier every day. Now let's get to it. Chris, where's your love going this week? My love is going to uh, college football right now after the uh, unfortunate passing of a, a legendary head coach of Mississippi State in, in Mike Leach. 
Um, I think it's unfortunate that he passes and people automatically want to jump to some past transgressions and compare him to some current transgressions of, of athletes that are going on. But uh, some of the stuff he did was just small potatoes compared to, you know, Kyrie sharing anti-Semitic videos, right? <laughs> <laughs> Completely different. Completely different. Uh, and I think a guy who, again, it's not as if he had a perfect record there, but uh, what he did for the game of college football, what he did for so many young coaches, regardless of, of some of his transgressions, and there are some, you can go find them. Um, he still impacted and changed the game of college football. He made it better. He absolutely did. I know you're not a college football guy, but I love college football. So uh, it, it sucks to lose a pioneer. All right. I'm sending my love to Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr., our guy. He's been back for four games now. He returned last Sunday. I miss his return, but shout out again to Jesse and his son Jason. Happy hey. birthday, Jason. Uh, for uh, they, they got to go see Dame's return. Dame has given us four games back. The Blazers are three and one. Uh, We'll get into all the stats and all the rest later. We got more to talk about in the pod, but yeah, I'm just I'm just sending the love to Dame, man. It is it was good to see him play these last two games. How about your hugs? Where are your hugs going this week? Okay, just for you, just for you, Keith. I'm nervous. Just for you, I'm sending my hug just for you, just for you. For me? Just for you. This guy. I'm sending my love out to Penny. Oh, Penny Hardaway. I don't know if you oh, saw the oh. news about Penny Hardaway. No, I'm sending it out to the the, 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 the modern Penny, Penny Simons, just for you. Uh, because over the last week or so, he's done exactly what I, I asked him to do. Granted, he wasn't listening to me. But if you listen to me on game day, you listen to uh, me on fifth quarter with Chad doing. One of the things I, I had said about Penny that we, we uh, haven't seen to this this point was him flip the switch him prove that he can really put the team on his back when need be mm. he's been very efficient he shot the ball well he scored well uh but we needed that that just that little extra right mm, yeah. and then he goes out against utah scores a career high 45 points in a game where he absolutely looked at the, the team and said hey get on my back let's roll right then you have the game on saturday where he goes out and scores 31 points right next to Dame, who I believe dropped 36. And it was the very first time that those two had dropped 30 points in the exact same game. Very right. first time. Granted, they haven't played a ton of games together, but it was the first time. That's that's significant. Now I saw another stat from PR that he, he made uh, 100 three-pointers now this season and becomes, like, what, the youngest player in really? NBA history to hit 100 three-pointers within hmm. the first 25 games of the season. And hadn't seen so, that. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting stat, and the thing is, so so I I'm sending him my hug, man, because he's been good all year. There's no question oh, yeah. that he's been good, uh, but I think within the last week, man, you've started to see a different Simon's. Uh, Simon's uh, sounds weird, uh, but the maturity is showing, right? And his mm. ability to play next to Dame is showing. And even look at the game at Utah, right? The, 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 what won that game wasn't the 45-point performance, which was amazing. It was that late-game defensive play where he got the steal mm. and, uh, off, off of Jordan Clarkson. So he's he's showing stuff on that end, too. Like, he's he's really showing that, you know, I think he deserved that payday, and, and he can be a dog. And so he gets a big hug, man, because I think I, I, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I know I wanted to see that. I, I wanted, like, you knew it was there. You just wanted to see that flip switch. Oh, I think within in the last week, I think he's done that. 
Yeah, man. Uh, so talk about the last week from that Utah game to now five games uh, where four and one across that stretch. Simons is averaging 23.2 points, three rebounds, 4.4 assists, half a steal, half a block on 51% shooting, 42% from deep, 100% from the line and playing almost 36 minutes. So in like that Dame territory of, yeah, dude, just just put it in. He is a lights out shooter right now. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there, too. If you guys aren't already be sure to follow uh, Trailblazers PR at Trailblazers mm, yeah. PR on Twitter. Here's some quick stats. This they tweeted out from that last game. Again, confirming Anthony Simons uh, hit his hundred three of the season tonight, becoming the youngest player in NBA history with a hundred plus three pointers made in the first twenty five games of the season. There have been seven halves in the league this season in which a player has hit seven plus three pointers. Dame and Ant have four of them. Have four of them. I saw that one. Yeah, dude, that is a stat. All right, my hugs are going uh, towards Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner has been brought home after nine, or I guess almost 10 months now of uh, imprisonment in Russia as a political yeah, prisoner. But, but but what about all the people that they didn't bring back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. We're 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 gonna all the all the stupid political naysayers and the rest that, that never cared about uh, Mr. Whelan before this point. And how about you know Whelan's brother saying that uh, it's better to have brought home who was available to be brought home. There was no deal on the table for Whelan. There was not. Anyway, Brittany is back stateside. As of Monday, ESPN reported that she and her wife Cheryl are in San Antonio. They're basically being allowed to kind of keep a lot of barrier not 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 talking to media not dealing with uh the team with uh basketball returns and all this i, I guess there is some footage where britney actually got her first uh basketball workout in in 10 months and one of the first things she did was dunk it so at the, at the very least like emotionally you gotta believe that felt good for her you know but oh, uh they yeah. are they're trying to give her as much time and space as needed to kind of readjust back to normal life because i cannot imagine what that whole experience has been like over there and just the again the the, the mental anxiety of not knowing whether whether she was Gonna be spending the next decade of her life there or not, and uh, very crazy. So, all hugs to Brittany. Uh, welcome back to the states. Final category here before you into some Blazers basketball, Chris. What is your hate mail for the week? Oh, this one's simple. I'm not even gonna get into it. Hate mail. People who think one? that tapping the wrist and the shimmy oh. are two different <laughs> things. Get out of here. <laughs> celebrating and showboating is celebrating and showboating. No matter how, no matter which way you cut it, it's the exact same thing, Keith. Oh, right. we are gonna. So don't even is, try. Don't even this try. Is a, you love this it because it's your for guy. You love it because it's your guy. If Damian Lillard pulled off the shimmy, you'd probably start shimmying up there in the third bench, <laughs> up in section three hundred and something. I got to get oh. up there one day. But you'd probably start shimmering too. If Dame did the go to sleep thing, you'd probably get the whole section go to sleep too. When Dame taps the wrist, you want to tap the wrist. When he fly flies away, you want to fly fly away. It's all the exact same, baby. It's all uh, the exact same. It's just it's, how you view it. When you view it through rose-colored glasses, tapping the wrist looks beautiful. Let me tell you what, if you were wearing Golden State-colored glasses, shimmies look pretty good, too. They're the exact same thing. I don't want to hear your argument, because there is no <laughs> argument. They are the exact same thing. I, I won't give you my argument. We will save this for another podcast episode, because that would be... This is like a full, day-long conversation that you and I will probably go back and forth on, presenting uh, evidence to the courts uh, as, as, we, as we debate. I, I do not believe they're the same thing, and I will not pose the arguments for it. We will move on. Chad Doing also thinks you're an idiot. I believe, I believe Chad would. <laughs> like, I, I used to get tons of from Eric and Brian know for it as well. We talked about that all the time on the show, man. My hate mail. I really thought you were going with this for a second before you caught me with the, the celebration stuff. The show budding stuff, excuse me. My hate mail this week is going to Rudy Gobert, man. Rudy 
has been getting into the uh, political side of things, not just the the all oh, the mic tapping pettiness that kind of set off the the <laughs> the leak shutdown in a lot of ways back back with the quarantine, but now he's been uh, following Elon and the tweets about prosecuting Fauci and the pronoun uh, uh, disregard and all the rest of it. Rudy, your teammate Carl Anthony Towns lost eight family members to COVID, including his mom. Shut the f up. I cannot imagine what it would be like to have a teammate. I mean, like we're talking about Mike Leach not being a bad person just because of his political views. That's fair. But if you are, if your teammates with a dude who's gone through what Kat went through, you don't need to talk about this like bull homophobia and, and COVID phobia and all the rest of it. It's garbage. It just, yeah, yeah. Got me fired up. Would I like Rudy Gobert like at center for the Blazers? Sure. He'd be, he'd be a great center for the Blazers, but at some point, uh, there are certain things that I think will rub you the wrong way. It's no, it can't be a coincidence that point that you just brought up, which is a good one. That dude, like Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, have not played well together. Yeah, not they a haven't. bit. Yeah, they haven't. And Carl uh, Anthony Towns has been vocal before about like other teammates and some of their kind of stuff and going against. And he's he doesn't, you know, this stuff is coming up in the locker room with them. And just it seems yeah. crazy to me that he would go and he has it like pinned to the top of his profile. Elon's tweet about prosecute Fauci. And not, not even getting into the Elon stuff about how his own daughter is like disowning him and how he's like, oh, no, I'm OK with her uh, changing her gender identity. But also the pronouns are bull. It's like you, the insensitivity towards people you're supposed to care about and support is insane. And I cannot imagine having to deal with that guy uh, in a work setting or on like a daily basis as a teammate. OK, we kind of covered some of it in the uh, love, hugs and hate mail there because it's just hard not to uh, wax a bit about the awesome Blazer games we've had recently. But let's get into these game recaps. There have been three games technically since our last episode. The last one came out. Our last episode came out right before Saturday's game against Minnesota, but we recorded just before the Denver game. That Denver game, one point loss uh, at home disappointing loss a brutal loss uh wasting an excellent performance from dame uh not much else i want to say about that we can move right along huh. <laughs> unless you got anything on your mind nothing to nothing for me to uh sit on nope. too long for that one nope but these two games against minnesota have had a lot of fun to talk about there's been a lot of nice highlights from individual players we brought up already uh in the love hugs and hate mail there uh, Saturday's performance from Dame and Simons, the first time they both went off for 30 plus. Also, shout out to our guy Sheriff. He's been tracking Dame's scoring as he approaches Clyde's record and is about to become the leading scorer in Blazers franchise history. He's a little over 100 points from it right now. And so that's going to happen sometime in this, this next week of games. Uh, unfortunately, that'll be on the road, but obviously we'll be celebrating when he gets back. Anyway, Dame last night, 38 points. Two green bounds, three assists to go with it. 11 of 17 from deep, tying the franchise record. The league record is 14 by Clay Thompson. Dame had his 11 early enough that we thought, like all of us at the game last night, we thought he was getting 15, uh, but Chauncey ended up sitting him for the fourth quarter. We have a question about that, which we can get into later on as well. But yeah, absolutely just blown away, man, by, by Damon Simons both. And, you know, honestly, Nurk has played really well the last couple games too. But Chris, what has stood out to you uh, from, from your perspective, hanging out with, with Chad and, and watching the game from the radio studio as well? Anything, uh, anything I'm missing? No, I think the biggest thing that stood out the last few games is is Dame's healthy. He he's rounded mm. back into form. Um, everyone worried about the calf. I think that extra time off was very helpful as he uh, let that soleus heal up as well. Uh, he's got his legs under him. The core is is healthy, and you can tell he's got a bounce bounce back. I thought last night's game was a huge sign of that because the three pointers were going up with ease. Man, he he was hitting them like like they were layups, really. 
Mm. And that's just a sign to all the muscles working, not having to use those arms, letting yeah. the legs generate everything into the core and everything being stable. That's huge. Secondarily, to your point on Yusuf Nurkic, uh, I think Noose Yusuf Nurkic, I think, has been really key uh, in the last few games. I think you look at the last game, uh, Keith. So he had 14 and 16 uh, yeah, in that last second night. game. That's a, that's a real big game. Uh, the game before that uh, against Minnesota, he only had eight points, uh, but he had 15 boards. Um, and those were huge. So think about that. Against Rudy Gobert, who, regardless what you think about, very, very good on the glass, right? Very good, hard mm. center to beat. Oh, and, yeah. and, and and Yusuf Nurkic went out and got 31 rebounds over the last two games against him. That's big. Fantastic. And even though he only and even though he only scored eight points in the first game, I believe he was three of six shooting. Two of those were threes that he missed. So he was three of four shooting uh, within the paint, which is very good for him. And what I liked the most was he did a lot of things that aren't box score stats. Like what I noticed about him was he was rotating well defensively and on offense. He was getting the ball out of his hands really fast. So he was making sure that offensively uh, ball movement didn't stagnate. And I thought that was really important. There was a couple times where like he was kind of in the corner, got the ball and just whipped it back out to the other side of the court, mm, whether it was Damian yeah. Lillard or Josh Hart who got it. And like then those one-touches that... catch pass things. Sorry, yeah, uh, uh, Jokic-esque, because Jokic does hey, that really well. There you really go, well. yeah, he does. So yeah, I thought, I actually think Nurkic has been a really, really bright spot over about the last four or five games, which means he's due for one of those downturns, because that's just how it goes. <laughs> he, he, he goes. He goes up and down, but... Uh, which is sucks because then you uh, do you upgrade a center? Do you do this? Like when he, when he's having this kind of stretch, he's really really important to the team's success. So yeah, uh, he's been a bright spot, and then everything else as usual uh, is what we've got. Things we've talked about all year. Josh Hart's looked good. Jeremy Grant's looked good. Winslow's had a couple good games, um, but those are the two things that have really stood out to me over the last handful of games. Uh, just for reference, too, since we mentioned Simon's kind of run over the last five and Dame's numbers over the last four, Nurkic on the season averaging 14.5 points, 10 rebounds, uh, and just under three assists on like 50, 52% from the field, 40 from three, which is awesome. These last five games for Nurk, instead of 14 and 10, he's going 15.5 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 3.2 assists, uh, a block and almost a steal every game. The three-point shooting is down at 36, but the field goals are up to 60. Like he's he's rocking it, man. And he, it's saying it that way, it seems like small incremental kind of improvements. But yeah, having that over a five-game stretch versus, like you said, the kind of you know almost waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for like, okay, well, where's the where's the stinker coming from? When's the game going to come where he just kind of naps uh, halfway through? Yeah, and it, and it's easy to dog him because he has the up and down games. But the crazy part is, is if you go back to some of our early podcasts, Keith, like what did we say? I was like. You know, if he's getting a double double, like if he's getting you, mm, yeah. you know, fifteen points and twelve rebounds or something like that, fourteen and sixteen last night, like you said, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like that. Then, then you're getting good nerd. And so, like again, we're talking about this last five game sample size. That's uh, Utah, Indiana, Denver, and then the two Minnesota games. The one uh, from those five, the one game that he did have where he kind of sunk a little, the first game against Minnesota on Saturday, only nine points. But also went with 15 rebounds and still 50% from the field. And only oh, in two blocks that game as well. So how about that? Like Maybe this is a sign of him starting to kind of take that next step where the inconsistencies are a little lower. The, the valleys are a little less of a valley and the hills can maybe stay up where they're at. Or again, like above what the expectations are, which is what he's been giving us these last five. Yeah, I think you can, I think you can ignore his point production as long as Dame's healthy. Because mm, yeah. just a couple games ago where, you know, Dame Ant, and Grant each had 20 plus and, and yeah. Nurk threw in 19. So 19 it's like yeah, that, right. Like, it can happen. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, I, yeah, as long as the team's healthy, then his down nights aren't as impactful. Right now, he's playing He's playing good basketball. It's hard to knock him. Yeah, totally agreed. Nurk has given us pretty good value for, for what we're paying him and what we need from him. And speaking of good value, let's pay some bills. Listeners, we are in the thick of the NBA season, and there are so many variables right now. Can Dame stay healthy enough to lead the team, or are we going to have to rely more on Jeremy? Will the Blazers make a move before the deadline, or are we going to wait for the offseason? Can we make the playoffs straight up, or are we going to get stuck in the play-in tournament in the middle of this stacked Western Conference? One thing's for sure, I know when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's not even the only promotion they have with DraftKings, but let me say this again so you're totally clear. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN for the Basketball Podcast Network. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do win. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You bring up the uh, the starters, essentially, that have all been performing so well. At least four of the five that we've talked about. We'll get into Josh Hart, maybe more in a bit as well. The problem has been the Blazers bench. We are bottom of the league when it comes to, that, uh, to, the, to our backups. And what we are now approaching is trade season. Uh, I saw some numbers the other day, Chris, 70-ish percent of players in the NBA can be traded right now, but as of 15th, that number jumps up in the 80s or 90s. Uh, just as, This all has to do with when players sign their contracts in the summer. That makes 15th essentially the, the start of the trade season. The trade deadline this year is going to be February 9th, so we get a little under a month of action around the league. And this last year is when we saw CJ get moved, and then right after that is when the tank set in, when you saw... Anthony kind of take over. He had that really hot four-game streak, and then you saw the Blazers start to sit everybody. My point is, it's uh, a lot can change in this upcoming little time. So, what are your thoughts uh, before we get into the specifics of who we should target, uh, who we want to make sure we you know don't let go? What are your expectations for the Blazers this trade season? Do you think we're making any moves before the deadline, or do you think it's more likely we wait till the off season? If you're the Blazers, you know that you have to improve this roster moving forward. Joe Cronin has said as uh, as much. You can watch the team's performance through this year. You can see that they still need some pieces to get where they mm -hmm. want to go. Are they a playoff contender? Yes. Are they a championship contender? Probably not. I, I still think this team, when it's all said and done, is going to sit where I pegged them to be, I hope, because I want to be right. I pegged them as a six <laughs> seed. Um, right funny where they enough, are right now. Funny enough, my man Chad Doing said I was crazy for thinking they'd finish that high. Haha, uh -huh. I know a thing or two sometimes. At least right now I look good. <laughs> the end of the season if i'm wrong i'm i'm not going to come on the podcast cuz i don't want to be roasted i'm just going to go <laughs> hide in a hole um but no they have to make improvement that improvement is at the small forward position um and then depth like 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 drew eubanks has been really really good might be better like if he's your third center on the depth chart then you're in a really good spot cuz then now you're not relying on him to start games if yusuf nurkic does go down you're relying on your a, a slightly better uh, center to do so so that's where i would look is just a little bit of big man depth which i'm sure we'll get into in a second because there's Orleans noel rumors and stuff like mm, that yep. um, but if i'm the blazers i'm looking at, at one position and that's small forward um because i still think if you can get an upgrade there without getting rid of josh hart and now you have josh hart as your primary guy off the bench i think that helps your bench out a ton Makes mm. your de bench better defensively, makes them better offensively, even though he's struggled to shoot. He, I think I, I would trust him to score better than Justice Winslow and Trendon Wofford right now, right? 
Um, so that's where you look. And I think it's very interesting um, because I think the Blazers can improve at small forward without necessarily trading for a small forward. Because I think uh-huh. under the right circumstances, I think you could find a power forward that you like as a starter and let Jeremy Grant play play small forward. Uh, we I still about this, do. Yes. I, I still do not agree with the arguments that people want to say that Jeremy Grant can't play the three. Like I, I, I don't understand that because so, I okay, watch a this, guy. This, this came up in this came up in Discord the other day, and I was talking with some mm-hmm. people presenting this side of things. Uh, so because I'm I'm with you, I think moving Grant to the three, targeting the four, is totally a direction they could be going, but. What people are saying on the other side is just that he doesn't have a handle, which is something you see from a lot of star threes at this point. Uh, maybe that he's almost too big. Like, he's not quite big enough to be a, uh, to contend with big fours, but I think the concern is that there's a lot of threes who are maybe a little, again, quick off the dribble, and maybe Jeremy Grant doesn't have the foot speed uh, to stay in front. I Again... I'm, I'm with you, but I think maybe this is coming from that Denver loss the other night. The close game where we lost by a point against the Nuggets you and mean, Jamal you, you Murray mean, hits a you, big three you, over Grant. Okay, okay. You mean you mean the game against Denver that you lost and Jeremy Grant was tasked with guarding the point guard? Point, guarding the point guard, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm the with guy you who has the be- The guy who has the best handles and is the quickest off the dribble on the and entire team. Huge difference so you between put a him point in guard front and a small of him because, forward. I'm with you. Yeah, so you put him in front of him because he was the best person to guard that type of player? He's our point of attack defender. Uh, have we not been watching the same Jeremy Grant all season? A Jeremy Grant who has taken the ball up at the top of the key and put the ball on the floor and used his handles to get Dude, by defenders? We've what are seen we him talking shake about here? people at like, like the line extended. We've seen him just shake people with a cross. Like, am, am, I watching, am I watching basketball in the multiverse and seeing a completely different <laughs> Jeremy Grant than everybody else? When I think of a small forward, again, can he, can he put the ball on the floor and get to the rim? Yes. Can he move well in transition? Yes. And the biggest difference, even though that's changed lately in the NBA, but like, can he shoot the three at a high clip? And obviously he can. So offensively, he can play like a three all day long. People's argument all the time is, well, really, the position you play is the position that you guard. Well, in that case, uh, he's undefined because he's guarded all five positions all year long. (laughs) And a lot of the time, Coach Billups has tasked him with guarding the best player on the court. And again, I, I know that I'm clearly on an island here because everyone wants to tell me that he's not a small forward. I, I see a guy who could be very, very comfortable playing small forward for this team if the if the roster is built right around him. So I think they can improve their small forward spot by trading for a power forward if they want it. All right, let's get into the trade rumor of the day then. We had a listener question coming in from uh, originally from Tim, uh, Tim of the Busted Bucket podcast. Go and check that out when you're done with this one. But also from our guy, Ike, both these guys on Discord, bringing up an article on The Athletic about Detroit's trade pieces. The Pistons apparently are going to be shopping Alec Burks, Sadiq Bey, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel had uh, Portland as well as Sacramento, Miami, and Dallas listed as the most engaged, whatever that specific phrasing is supposed to mean when it comes to trade talks at this time of year. But Nerlens Noel being the, uh, the again, the, the, the power forward target of the day, what are your thoughts on this guy as far as a, a piece for the Blazers? How do we think of the fit? Does he add something to our, to our bench unit here, being that kind of backup five or four that we're discussing? Uh, maybe if you can get Sadiq Bay in the deal too, okay, <laughs> good see, that's small what... forward who plays good defense. But I, I just, I just want to run this by you, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm running, I'm running, ride this by you. No cheating. Player A, okay? Okay. Player A, five point eight points, one block, four rebounds, field goal percentage is sixty percent. So six four one, sixty percent from the floor. Player two, 
two points, 3.2 rebounds, 0.3 blocks, shooting 54% from the floor. Which one of those two players do you want? Feel like that the first set of numbers seemed a little more appealing. Yeah. The first set of numbers are Drew Eubanks. The second set of numbers are Nerlens Noel. There you okay. go. <laughs> same same minute spread and all that? So it's very easy to go to per 36s because those mm. will start to average everything out the best they can. So I'm not going to tell you again who's who, but let's just say player A per 36. Six and a half points, 11 rebounds, 1.2 block. Player two, 12 points, 8.2 rebounds, two blocks per game. Okay, so now in this situation... Oh, I'm taking, the, taking the rebounds. In this Go situation, ahead. you're taking the rebounds. So you're taking player A in that situation. Okay, that's fair. That's fair to, to average that out through the per 36s. But then I tell you that player B is making 1.8 mil and player A is making 10. Mm, well, that swings are those, it, doesn't it? <laughs> are those few extra rebounds really worth... Not the worth fact that, that money. to get to go get player A, which in this situation is Nerlens Noel, you're probably gonna have to give up a Justice Winslow or a Josh Hart is a guy, a player that no. already people are saying that's the. I'm not giving up Josh Hart for Nerlens freaking Noel right now. <laughs> now, um, yeah. looking at those numbers, if he hits the buyout market, and therefore if Nerlens Noel hits buyout, yes, and, okay. and, and and Detroit is on the hook for his contract, and now. You can go get in and get him on a vet min for the rest of the year. I do that in a minute. Because now you just added some good big man depth. If you can get him in that situation, yeah, absolutely. Bring him in all day long. Yeah, like, much cheaper. Much much more reasonable to get him off the buyout market than trying to move for him right now where you'd have to get rid of a guy like like Winslow or something like that. Uh, I'm not even... Oh, okay. You, we both mentioned that we didn't want to move Josh Hart in that. So let's, let's kind of tie that in here. The other thing that both Tim and Ike brought up is what if we're talking about Nerlens Noel plus Sadiq Bey, who you mentioned there as well, a small four that you might be interested in, uh, for Josh Hart. I Ike says for like a Cronin master package, but Tim kind of threw out there like, what if what if Hart was the price for getting Noel and Sadiq Bey? Uh, I'm not sure if I feel like that helps the team as far as building around Dame. Sadiq Bey looks awesome, but he's only been in the league three years so far. What's your impression of Sadiq Bey? Is he worth, does he make this worth, uh, worth moving on from... Uh, a guy like Hart, who has been so good for our team so far. I mean, Sadiq Bey is a good defender, right? And he's mm -hmm. explosive, a lot of athleticism. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you got to look at how these players would fit in. So you're looking at a potential uh, starting small forward with Sadiq Bey. Uh, he's shooting 29% from deep. Like, <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that's going to hurt. We already need shooters, too. That's not going to help. Yeah, that's hmm. the, and that's that's the biggest weakness on this team right now is shooters. Shooting, yeah. I, I think it's easy to look at how the team is set up and and look at starting small forwards and this that. I still think a, a big easy key to make this team better right now is just a bench shooter, a guy who doesn't even play. I don't care about defense. Give me someone who can just jack them up and make them. Josh Hart's been dogged because he's had a couple shooting wolves this season, right? I, I, you might be shocked at this. I'm shocked looking at it, but Josh Hart's shooting 38. percent Okay, From three. so so again, tying into this one, Ike, his last question here was, will Hart hit more than one three-pointer per game the rest of the month? How are you feeling? So he's shooting 30%. That's valuable. He seems to be pretty reliable from the corner, especially of uh, what we've seen, like, again, just even in the game last night against Minnesota. Uh, but it, can he do it with more volume? Like, if we need more shooters, can we rely on him to maybe get in that corner a little more and give us more than one a game? I mean, he's averaging one and a half per game right now in the month of December, so sure. Seems like a, so. that's a good over under then. One one point five three is going over with Hart. Yeah, I think so. I I think 
I, I really like Sadiq Bey. Um, I, I really do. Really good. I think he's really good defensively, um, and would definitely help Portland out a ton in that in that aspect. Um, but watching how this team plays, I don't know if he does the exact same things that mm. benefit this team that Josh Hart does. Right. The, to me, I'm only trading Josh Hart if the upgrade I'm getting is like okay. That makes too much sense. I have to let go of a valuable piece to get that. Right. right? Yeah. Now, uh, Sadiq Bay and Nerlens Noel might be be able to help you in a few places, but I do think that there's other places that you take a giant step back. Yeah. Like if you lose Josh Hart and you replace him with Sadiq Bay, you just lost a a good shooter in your starting lineup, and Sadiq Bay, he doesn't he doesn't push the ball, push the tempo like Josh Hart. The does. engine. Like, yeah. It- yeah. Josh Hart has been a true engine, so I wouldn't. I, tough but i wouldn't do it yeah I, i'm i'm in the same boat man josh hart is probably i he is a break glass in emergency uh trade kind of situation for me where i, I want him on this team i want him here moving forward he has been so much the engine of the change this season for the Blazers, as far as like the play style uh just a lot of the attitude around it as well man like jeremy grant has blown me away we talked about that before where we, you and I both believed in him here from before we picked him up, but I did not think he was going to be this good. Penny Simons also next level shooting recently. He's really shown up. Dame is back looking more like Dame. Chauncey Billups looking like he may actually be a fair head coach a lot of the time. Yeah. Still some mistakes, but he's, he's, I, I have more faith in him now than I did in the uh, beginning of the season. But Josh Hart, dude, Josh Hart is just, he is so much an, an unstoppable force at times that I think the team really needs. I, yeah, I have a really hard time feeling like I want to move on from him uh, if it's gonna if it's not gonna bring us back something that is is n- in no way a lateral move. Like it has to be a big step forward if I want to even risk uh, getting rid of him. Yeah. Now, if you want to give me a Sadiq Bay for Justice Winslow, yeah, I'll do that one all day. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, next question coming from D Packer. I'm not really exactly sure how to say this dude's name on Discord, but again, listeners. If you want to find out how to say it, come and join the Discord. Link is in the episode description. D Packer is asking, Shaden Sharp, is he going through a shooting slump? Is he passing up on catch and shoot threes? I don't know if I want to worry about a shooting slump too much yet with this dude. He's he's a rookie. You know, rookie walls get hit. Those things happen. But I I did find myself thinking during the game last night against Minnesota at one or one point or another that it seems like, yeah, maybe there's times where he's catching on the perimeter and there's a little bit of hesitation. Maybe it's because he's looking to kind of like, you know, hezzy and drive or something like that. But yeah, it's, you know, it seems to maybe just be kind of uh, passing up on some of these shots that you want him to take. Are you concerned about this at all? Uh, rookie wall is a thing. Um, yep. I also think that it's quite obvious he's still trying to um, find that confidence like mm. most rookies do as to is it okay for me to take this shot if I'm taking a shot away from Dame or Ant or Grant? Yeah, like, yeah. He, he's not wanting to step on toes. I also mm. think it's no coincidence that his shooting slump coincided with the finger injury. And uh-huh. if anyone says it's not, oh, that's that was a month ago. It's not still bothering. Go to last night's game. He's still wearing a wrap yeah. on that injured he's finger. And I, honestly, that's I on think his shooting you hand. You can see him shake it. You would see yes, that's like on his shooting around. hand. Yeah, dude. And I think it's quite obvious that that's impacting his shooting. So there's so many factors to that uh, that I'm not worried about it. Put him in there 25 minutes a game. Let him go over 15. 25. I don't care. Yeah, give him, give him a, give him a run. Let him, let him continue to find that confidence and show that you trust in him. 
but I still think that finger's bothering him more than he or anyone wants to admit. I, I think people hmm. forget that he had that injury. Like I said, I'm looking at a photo from last night's game right now. He still yeah. has that 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 wrap on that pinky finger. So those things, yeah. those things matter. Like I said, on your shooting hand, no less. Uh, but at no point, regardless of the finger, have I been worried. I just see a rookie that's still trying to find himself. The guy didn't even play college basketball, for goodness sake. Ant right now looks completely different than Ant year one. So or or even from like again like a, a month ago there was times where we like we said earlier we've wanted times to kind of reach that next level and uh those things can change quick you know the tide kind of turn for these guys when they just find one or two more things that click and Shaden will get there he's he's not had a lot of run yet and yeah man I'm 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 in favor of getting him the minutes we talking about these trades if we're going to turn some of these bench players that have been underachieving a bit if we're going to turn them into assets that the rest of the league is interested in you got to get them run and I'm not saying Shaden should be one of those assets at this point. I, I've I've moved pretty far from where I was this summer with thinking that Shaden, or at that point, the number the the, the draft pick, uh, should be turned around for a trade asset. I like what he's given us, but yeah, Justice Winslow, um, Keon Johnson, some of these other guys coming off the bench. If we want them to be valuable to other teams, we got to see more minutes for them anyway. The last question here from the listeners, we have a hot take from our guy Terry on Discord. Hey! I'm not going to give everyone the word for word on this because Terry went on a bit of a rant in our uh, questions channel. But if you want to see the word for word, if you want to break down everything Terry is saying and even come and tell him a piece of your mind about it, come and join the Discord. We have access to live episode recordings of this pod when Chris opens up the gate again. We have other podcasters on here, content creators, local artists, game access with the third bench ticket group, swag exchanges, game night chats for almost all the games, unless too many of us are at the games. But, you know, then you'll see pictures in the rest of it as well. Or come and join us at the games with a third bench. All of this for fans, by fans. The link is in the episode description. So the hot take from Terry. Basically, accusing Chauncey of being a little too curmudgeonly or too old school with some of his uh, uh, late game rotations and practices. Uh, part of this was pulling Greg Brown the other night. Greg Brown had the late dunk and Chauncey kind of gave him the little finger wag for it uh, afterwards. But then last night, like we mentioned earlier, Chris, Dame, 11 of 17 from deep, ties the franchise record for threes in the game. Clay's record of 14 seemed within reach because Dame had hit eight of them in the first half and the, and the, the next three uh, to make 11 came I think fairly early in the third quarter, or at least partway through, he had. A, we were thinking he had a whole another shift, a whole another shift to come back into the fourth and try and reach fourteen or fifteen or more. And Billups held him out of the entire fourth quarter because the victory was secured. We won by twenty-one points, I think, is what it was. And yeah, this this kept Dame from attempting uh, to reach that three-point record. So Terry's point about this is that the value of Dame reaching that three-point record would be the shine that it brings maybe to other free agents or, or other you know when we're looking for improving the roster here you want guys around the league to say hey they have a chance they have a thing going on up there and terry's idea would, would be that that is more visible on on the stage around the league uh for the players when dame has a chance for that when he's not being held on the fourth where do you stand on this mr burkhart this guy had off-season core surgery Dame. Strained, yeah. strained a calf when he came back. Came back, strained a calf again. Mm. And you're wanting him to play garbage minutes to chase a record? Legit point. They were up big. They were yeah. up big. Get him out. And yeah. Dame Lillard said as much at the end of the game. He didn't want to go in and thirst for it. He's, he, he hasn't thirsted for a record. That's just not his style. It's not what he does. You know? And it, it, that's the, the unfortunate situation, dude. It's like, <laughs> you, you uh, 
you don't get the entire fourth quarter to play when you are playing so well that you're walloping a team and now you're afforded that chance to rest. If he had a problem with visibility, Keith, there wouldn't be that annoying narrative every single summer about who's going to trade for Dame because he needs to get out of Portland or Dame needs to go to LA or Dame needs to go to New York. He's getting plenty of visibility. He's pretty visible. People know who Dame is. He's a six-time all-star. Like He's getting his visibility. You could also argue that another way to get visibility up here for free agents and make it more attractive to come to Portland would be team success. And the way you secure more team success is by keeping Dame healthy. Yeah, so you don't want to run him in those garbage minutes. And I, you know, I see where Terry was feeling it. He wanted to, he wanted to run up the score. Terry, uh, he's with me on the Rudy Gobert hate as well. I think he wanted to see Rudy Gobert cry last night. So he probably wanted to see Dame in there just to kind of really, uh, really turn on the pressure. Honestly, if Damon stayed in the rest of the third, he probably could have approached that 14. I think he got, he was left in there a little longer, but he was out by maybe four minutes left in the third quarter. You give him yeah. a little more time. I can see him getting a few more. Another night, though. He'll get there. All right. That's the last of the listener questions we have. And again, listeners, come and join Discord if you want to get in on the questions and podcast content. Third Bench, uh, all the rest of it. Come and join the Discord. Link is in the episode description. That's it. That's our show. In closing, your honorable listeners, thank you, Mr. Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for those fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week when I have a little bit more of a voice for the next edition of the Trailcasters. <laughs>